Welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. Um, I'm just enjoying watching Daniel do something that looks like jazzercise over here. <laughs> it's part of my, my yoga, holy yoga that I learned from Lainey from last week. Um, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it is Tuesday, June 5th, and today around the table, I'm joined by Daniel Yelverton, Jacob Kingsley, and Audrey Heitzman is joining us again today. Sure am. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Um, everybody, so you know we are in Luke 12 today, and we're going to read from the ESV version of the Bible as always. But before we get into that, um, I wanted to just ask Audrey to share a little bit with us as she looks at me terrified right now with <laughs> not knowing what I'm going to throw at her. I just wanted to, last time you were in here, we talked about it being your senior year, mm-hmm. that you were going to be graduating uh, soon, that you were trying to choose between Ohio State and Auburn, correct? As I'm wearing an Auburn shirt. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I won't be going to Auburn. I'll be going to Ohio State. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then also, I just wanted to, um, if you would, just share a little bit about like your experience as graduating this year like what's it been has it been anything unexpected I know I saw you posted on Facebook or Instagram or something that you weren't didn't think you'd get emotional and you got emotional so like just share a little bit of that if you would um so going into my uh senior year I was actually really excited because I thought I'm finally getting out of Blanchester like um you know I'll be going to a place where I can better myself and really um become the best version of myself that I can be and um, I realized quickly that I could not enjoy my senior year that it was not (laughs) going to be an easy ride um, because I decided to take all the hard classes naturally and um, plus applying to colleges and scholarships and everything else just completely consumed my full time and um, so I would say overall it was extremely stressful yeah (laughs) full Mm -hmm. of due dates and full of constant trying times but um and really finding out who I am um that was probably the most difficult part because who I thought I was going into my senior year was not who I came out as my senior year and um I do know that um I am going to go to the Ohio State University Mm -hmm. notice I said the (laughs) and um for it's like a prerequisite, right? yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not getting in if you don't say the. <laughs> um, but to major in animal sciences with a possible double major in ag business, um, and then hopeful in hopes of going on to vet school to be a large animal and equine veterinarian um, with a specialization in embryology. Wow. Nice. Yeah, wow. um, I've always <laughs> I've always had a passion for animals, mm-hmm. and so that that's one thing that didn't change my senior year or throughout high school at all. So, um, pursuing my passion and is, um, something that I've always, um, discovered that's made my life enjoyable because, um, going through stuff with friends, um, high school has changed Mm -hmm. friends a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, you grow and you mature differently. There's people that are still stuck in sixth grade and then there's (laughs) people that seem like they're 28 and have their whole lives together. (laughs) Um, but you know, you learn and you grow and I can say that although my senior year may have been consumed with everything else I kind of I I did enjoy it yeah so did you have any like embarrassing emotional breakdowns that you didn't think you were gonna have um there was 
quite a few. <laughs> um, I can count the countless times that I went into my vice principal's office and just lay my head down on her desk and crying and her like patting my back saying, it's okay. <laughs> and me, it was all about scholarships and yeah. worrying about whether I was going to get them or not. But, and at graduation, I told myself, I'm like, I am so happy. I'm not going to cry. And then I was standing, um, through the commencement with everyone um, in the processional, everyone coming in, I look up in the stands and my mom is bawling into my dad's shoulder and I like look <laughs> at my friend and I like, I started bawling and she's like, what is wrong with you? She's like, you were just saying five minutes ago how happy you were. And I'm yeah. like, I can't, I can't graduate. <laughs> and, um, but that was, that was the embarrassing part. And, um, and the other embarrassing part was when I was talking to somebody about how literally how happy I was to be have been graduated and all of a sudden like these tears just and I'm smiling and I'm like and all of a sudden these tears just start coming down my face and they're like what is wrong with you like yeah. <laughs> you're so back and forth but that's exactly how I feel one minute I'm happy about it, and the next minute I'm like I'm leaving the only place I've known for 18 years yeah mm-hmm. it's a weird time it is oh yeah definitely um, did your class I don't know if you classes still do this or not but did you guys choose a class song like that was saying at graduation um, or anything like that? Yeah. So it wasn't sung at graduation, but it was the song of the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not coming to hey, mind hey, right now. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, what is that? Uh, <laughs> you keep going. Don't man. you forget about me? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry, that's the way my <laughs> mind processes music. Um, <laughs> we did choose. Um, so my calculus class, there was only about nine or ten of us. And um, my teacher, Mr. Ham, mm-hmm. um, I had him last year too, and he got me started on the office. Yeah. And our whole class, we love the office. And nice. so, um, actually, the people that were in my class, including Brant Bando, mm-hmm. um, he was on the committee to choose our class quote. And our, we chose a Dwight Schrute quote. <laughs> oh, nice. It was, I am ready to face any challenge that might be foolish enough to face me. Nice. <laughs> and That's it was awesome. legendary because they read it. And I it was that. awesome. <laughs> and I look at my mom and she's shaking her head. Like, I cannot believe you guys did this. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, like, what could I say? Like, we all voted for it. Yeah, no, it was it was a whirlwind. <laughs> believe me. I yeah. was going to my freshman year and then I was talking to somebody and like, it honestly seemed like that was last month. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. as your freshman year, you know, everyone tells you it goes by so quickly. And you're like, you like roll your eyes. You're like, no, well, like I'm going to be stuck here for four years of my life. No, it flies by. It all feels like it happened in a year. And I told my brother that and he did the same thing. He rolled his eyes at me, right. like shaking my finger at him. Like, <laughs> you'll see, you'll see. Yeah. When you're old like me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I felt like a, like an old whippersnapper, like <laughs> talking to him. <laughs> I I will say uh, one of my most embarrassing moments of my life that I wish I could have back was at graduation because I was like you like I was just like I'm so done with high school I'm mm-hmm. just so ready to be out of here I'm so excited this is gonna be great and then we chose a sappy sad song and I was in <laughs> choir oh yeah and so you had to get in front of everyone and yeah so I'm like on you know they set up like the bleachers the stage, or whatever yeah. the stands so I'm on the stands like in the middle of everybody and we're sitting there singing and it was um I will remember you mm-hmm. by uh Sarah McLaughlin yep. yeah, yeah oh yeah sad song you know and I'm just sitting there Gosh. singing it and all they of a sudden sing for every ASAP yeah. So, yeah. seriously and, and I'm looking around angels, yeah. right <laughs> yeah even worse yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. um but I'm looking around in the middle of that song and all of a sudden it started hitting me like holy cow like you said this yeah. is the only place I've ever known you know mm-hmm. and and I'm a big crier in big emotional <laughs> yeah. moments anyway 
And I'm in the middle of singing this song in front of the whole entire assembly. And I started not just crying, but Bawling. sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> to where I was like... <laughs> and everybody's looking at me like, what is wrong with him? Is he okay? That's, <laughs> I've always wished I could take that back, but it is what it is. I can't remember probably one of my most embarrassing moments, but I will say one time, I think sophomore year, I was saying the pledge. And so Mrs. Love, and she holds up like a paper for you because she's like everyone always forgets and so my ego i'm like i don't need the pledge i've done this since kindergarten <laughs> and so i was reading it and all of a sudden i skipped a whole part of it uh, and threw everybody i off. said yeah and like i was like <laughs> i pledge allegiance to the flag um and then i totally skipped to the end of it and then I, I i didn't even know what i did until i walked back to class and they're like you missed the whole middle part of the pledge you only said the first sentence and the last sentence i was horrified <laughs> You're like, you, wow, that was over quick. That was, that was painless. I know. I, know. I didn't understand why Mrs. Loveland was just staring at me. <laughs> like, I cannot ever know why. And I just remember being, like, horrified. I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson to learn, always accept the cue card. <laughs> yeah, just always. in case. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for being here with us today, too. Of course. Um, we enjoyed having you on last time and I know that you've wanted to get on here a little bit again before you go leave us and, and oh, move yeah. away to Columbus. So, uh, <laughs> wanted to give you the opportunity to get in here and, yeah. and um, we're glad you could come today. So, um, all right. So to get into the scripture, we are, like I said before, we're in Luke 12. So, um, we'll go ahead and start reading. I'll go ahead and start. I don't know if I ever really start since mm-hmm. I was throwing somebody, pass else. It somebody yeah. else. I know. So I will, uh, I'll go ahead and start here. Luke 12. In the meantime... When so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, 
This night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow was thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for the service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act accordingly to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, 
When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of sky and earth, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him along the way, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer put you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. All right, and that finishes our reading of the scripture for today. We have had a few technical difficulties in the midst of all of this, so Audrey is actually going to have to head out for the day before we get into the conversation here. But Audrey, we just wanted to say thank you so much for coming by today and being a part of the podcast. Of course. Thanks yeah. for having me. I'm always having fun on the set here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And congratulations so much on graduating. Thank you very much. Wow, so that was a lot of reading in that chapter. Just me? No. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it, it was. It seemed like it bounced around a lot of places, but I feel like there is still some sort of collective thought. And I think one thing to know is, and you'll recognize this, even like when you see like in Matthew chapter five through seven, you see the Sermon on the Mount. And a lot of people believe that the Sermon on the Mount was like a compilation of a lot of what Jesus taught. And so you see some like instances in Luke where you recognize some of the things that you see from like the Sermon on the Mount. And so this is times where he's probably just uh, sitting down, taking what has been given him, whether it's crowds or people, and just teaching. Mm. Like you were saying, Daniel, this is just kind of a compilation of different teachings. And so I think the question for the context is we ask, you know, who was Jesus teaching to? And even uh, Peter, let me see if I can find it. Peter in verse 41, he says, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And so even he's trying to clarify, he's a little confused mm -hmm. um, because I think there are times in here where, where Jesus is talking to the masses, and I don't know if there are really any indicators where he, like, zeroes in to his disciples or just to, like, you know, um, Peter, James, and John. I don't see any indicators. So it, it seems like this is just, you know, kind of large-scale teaching. Uh, one theme that we have actually been started, to, we've, we're teaching on right now, is about the kingdom of God. Yeah. And you can see that kind of sprinkled out throughout this uh, passage is— um, talking a little bit about the kingdom of God, priorities, how you view your life, um, mm -hmm. what you worry about. So a lot of like the internal battles that we have, what are the things that drive up our anxiety, things that we worry about, and and kind of giving us a glimpse into how God views us and how God's kingdom actually works. And, and then talking about like storing up treasures in heaven. And so I think Jesus is addressing a lot of the worries and anxieties, but also kind of the... Uh, the, I guess the desires that not only his audience uh, experienced, but also what we experience when we look at this. And I think we're at a place right now in the blessings that we have in America that we're not necessarily worried always about the next meal that we're going to get or the, or the clothes that we're going to have. Mm -hmm. But I think what Jesus is conveying to us is about the, the provision that the Lord has and how Lord is constantly watching over us and how he knows exactly what we need and, uh, and so I think that we can probably draw a little bit of the worry, anxiety, but also I think there's a lot of what we can take from, from the rich fool of how he has such abundance of possessions. And, and I think what's interesting is that 
Jesus lays out this parable. He talks about before he talks about the rich fool. He says, take care and guard against all covetousness or jealousy, basically. Uh, Jealousy and envy. That covetous kind of falls in that. Uh, because your life doesn't consist of the abundance of your possessions. And I feel like that is something that really can kind of zero in a lot on our societies about how we view our value of life and how that is not based on what we have, what we've accomplished, uh, our laundry list of things that we have maybe like just set aside and said, hey, this is, this is, this is why I'm worth it. This is why I'm valuable. And, and I think what's interesting is that we don't ever have this conversation that this rich man has uh, to his soul, but I think, or at least I don't, I don't ever really feel like I'm talking to my soul very often, mm-hmm. but I think when we begin to be consumed by these things, it's almost like we're speaking to our soul saying, this is what's going to satisfy you. This is what's going to make you feel content. This is what's going to make you feel valued. And and God is saying, like, he's He's really, he's bringing, he's awakening this this rich fool by saying that no, it is not your life is not based on this, and instead of storing up all these things for the temporal, God wants us to shift our uh, perspective towards the eternal. That's a that's a really good point, and and it kind of reminds me. It's a little bit of a plug for for family groups too. Is um, I know with a couple of them, we've we've started this new curriculum called Live a Better Story, um, and it kind of focuses on that same thing. It's, it's that perspective change about how Jesus doesn't want just a happy life for us, but he wants a better life. And, and that so often comes with the kingdom of God, with that perspective. And I think part of the perspective too is I don't think it's a coincidence that right after this story of the rich fool, he's so concerned about his possessions and just being able to hold everything that he has and just to be satisfied that right after that, Jesus talks about anxiety. Jesus talks about, you know, why why do you get so anxious? And I know, you know, he talks about food or clothing, and, and you're right. In America, we don't really have to do much with that. Like, you just wake up, and especially if, if you're a kid, you know, there's almost always food mm-hmm. for you. Um, but I think in, in that time, too, food symbolized just what you need to live. Mm-hmm. What are your necessities? And clothing often represented status and authority. And so I think in America, sometimes we can be so just consumed with just our needs in general and our authority and our status. And I think that's what gives a lot of our culture anxiety because we're just so consumed with that. And whether we don't have any and we're consumed with getting it or whether um, we have some and we're consumed with building up bigger storehouses to, to be able to hold all of our status, I think that just brings us into anxiety and it takes our eyes completely off the kingdom of God, which Jesus, you know, he keeps teaching and he talks about, you know, this parable of this master that's going to come back at some point and he'd better not find his servant sleeping. He'd better find them awake and, and alert. And I think what he's trying to get to is at some point he's coming back and we as his servants, are we going to be awake spiritually looking for his return? Are we, are we aware that Jesus is coming back? Are we so consumed with our lives and everything going on that we're asleep spiritually? And I think that you can, um, I totally agree. And, and I think we can l- read this and you can see God as like, you can kind of get upset with God almost at the way he's responding at things. Like the what's happening here is there's gain and loss. You know, like mm-hmm. there is servants that are getting rewarded and there's servants that are getting 
beaten, severely beaten, or little beating, which <laughs> could be a little confusing. But I think what it really boils down to is that there is eternal consequences, that there are significant consequences, good consequences, and bad consequences for how we live our life. And I guess we can kind of like read other things that are kind of unsettling. Like it says like, hey, everything that's going to be hidden is going to be revealed, you know, and then talking about like not worrying about things, uh, not worrying about like our possessions or anything like that. But then Jesus also talks about like division that's going to be happening among families. And like he didn't bring, he's not coming to bring peace, but bring division. And then like interpreting the signs of the times, like don't like, you know, you can see the weather, but you don't understand what's happening around you. Like, and so there's all these kind of unsettling things that Jesus is revealing, but it kind of makes me see God as a good father. And I'll kind of explain that as I'm, as I'm talking about this, because it says here, and there's a cool verse that really sticks out to me uh, in verse 32. It says, fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I feel like God is, not only was Jesus supposed to be, uh, came down and was a sacrifice for us, but he also was to reveal the Father. And even though these things are unsettling, what he's doing is he's revealing what reality actually is, which can be like one of those like, hey, you have a wake-up call, you know, when all of a sudden you get hit with something, whether it's a financial wake-up call or a physical wake-up call, something happens, Mm -hmm. and you think, oh, this is terrible, but this is actually a good thing because it's pointing on what's really internally going wrong, either in my body, in my finances, or whatever it may be. And this is kind of like a spiritual wake-up call. Like God is saying, like Jesus is saying, hey, like this is what the kingdom is about. And I don't want you to get to the end and then realize that you've been doing it wrong all along and didn't have any warnings in the process. Mm, yeah. And so I think this is really unsettling, but also very powerful. And I and a lot of the reasons why Jesus was doing parables was because parables uh, were kind of cryptic. But if you had a spiritual ear, you would be able to listen. And that's a point that Jesus is making. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has, like, is able to receive, like, let him listen. Let it come. Let not only, understand. Yeah, exactly. Let it, like, enter his heart. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, we can be upset about what Jesus is saying here in different instances. But what he's really trying to graciously do is reveal that, hey, this is what the reality is like. That... You know, you don't need to be so consumed with your possessions that the things that you do try to hide are actually going to be revealed because, you know, perfect justice is going to be served in the kingdom of God. And, you know, be aware of how you live your life because how you live your life matters. And so he's giving us these principles and even though they're unsettling, they're true. And so it's one of those things is like we have to figure out how we're going to respond to this. Are we going to respond to it like the servants that are just like, whatever, you know, the master's gone. So let's just have a good time. Let's enjoy all the things that we have around us. Or are we going to respond to the servants that are eagerly waiting? And that, you know, and, and I think that that to me, when I think about a life that looks like that, it sounds kind of boring, but actually it's more of like a life in perspective because you know that this could happen at any time. And so you have such a, a right perspective on possessions, on mm-hmm. good times and bad times, a right perspective on what it means to be a full of integrity. All of these things you have, like a, I guess, like a kingdom-minded perspective because God, it's to God's good pleasure. Yeah. Like it's literally to the joy of God to give us the kingdom. And and so Jesus is saying like, hey, this is this is available to you. You have access to this. You know, what what are you going to do? How are you going to respond to it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like um, a check to get your priorities in line so that you can live a f- an effective and focused life. 
is what I'm what yeah, I'm kind of getting absolutely. from that. And it's like another one here too, where it says have no fear. Something that before I was a believer, and then even after I became a believer, when I was still very very new to it, um, every time that I would see like fear the Lord, I was like, what? I'm supposed to be afraid of Him. Like, mm-hmm. but I realized that that doesn't mean be afraid of Him. It means respect Him. It means follow the rules that he has given you and prioritize those rules in your life. And I think that's that's kind of what's happening here. I mean, God's saying, um, to paraphrase a little bit because it's a lot of words, it says, um, I tell you, friends, don't fear the person who can kill your body and, and can't do anything to you after that. It says, fear the one, God, who after your body has been killed can still send your soul to hell or, or what, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it's all about priorities. It's about putting his rules above everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's almost like it's not that's not the desire of his heart because then he talks about the value of us like right. he's like gosh like God knows about how many sparrows are being sold and he knows all the hairs on our head mm-hmm. and so we're so valuable to him and so I think we can we can put there's a thing like glory comes from the word weight and so like what weight is like a, a form of value and so mm-hmm. we can put value on things that have no glory. That have no mm. weight, and and I would say that Jesus is saying here, don't put value on things that don't matter. Instead, put value, you know, put reverence, put glory to God, who has the this authority, who has all this ability, but also has all this knowledge and love and care for you, mm-hmm. and knows what's best for you. So it's like a, it's a call to trust. Yeah, right. And I feel like um, kind of just jumping off that, one of the verses that. Uh, Jesus is saying here, it's almost a classic, you know, grandma embroidered on a napkin verse for, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we're just like, oh, that's so sweet. And like, you know, you put it right up next on your wall next to like a, a home is where the heart is. And they just go, <laughs> yeah. you know, hand in hand. Something but, stitched. Right. But Jesus yeah. is like, almost, not aggressive, but he's like, this is in the context of storing up your treasures in heaven, looking past the physical. And so I think a lot of times even... Our treasure is in the success of our kids, or our treasure is in the success of our job. And we're like, well, you know, I'm not just being selfish with money, so like, that's fine. But like, all of that's still gonna crumble one day. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you want your heart? Where do you want your eternal destiny? Then why are you not investing your treasure in there? And sometimes your treasure are your abilities, um, your intellect. Sometimes it's it is your money, just your possessions. What are you doing with those? And I think. Um, on a little different thought, but I think this chapter gives us an interesting perspective of Jesus too, um, because it shows how about the kingdom of God he is. Um, and the kingdom of God is all about people. It's all about bringing the gospel to people, but God is about his kingdom and his glory. Mm-hmm. And, and it almost sounds heretical and it sounds like really mean, but like that is God's priority is his kingdom Mm -hmm. and his kingdom works to offer grace to people who will accept it. But he is about his glory and his kingdom. And so Mm -hmm. Jesus is like, you better be ready for the kingdom of God. You know, don't be caught unaware. Jesus is about the kingdom of God. He is about his father's kingdom. And I think sometimes we look at Jesus and we're like, okay, you know, he's forgiven me. And so I get to live the way I want to live. I get to do what I want to do. I can invest in things. I can spend my money the way I want to spend it. Jesus is like, I'm about my father's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so if we aren't about God's kingdom, then we aren't about the same thing that Jesus is about. And also, I think that uh, it's hard as, I think, just the human race, and this is just our rebellious nature, 
we don't like really being told what to do. I don't like mm. being told what yeah. to do. And so when Jesus is saying all these imperatives, like you need to do this, don't do this kind of thing. Uh, but really, I think you're you're hitting on a great point about God being all about his kingdom. And I think we have the opportunity to participate in that. But we also have the opportunity to say no and to participate in the building of our own kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is kind of doing this compare contrast constantly of people that are participating in building in the kingdom of self, in the kingdom of their own glory, in their own agenda and different things like that, in the kingdom of God and how there's so much folly and so much, um, I guess, pain and, and so much loss that comes from poor investment, mm-hmm. but not only just money, but time, resources, right. uh, all of these things. Uh, worry, like like what we worry about, the things that we like like allow us to like dominate our thoughts, mm-hmm. is even just a resource that we have available to us. Like our thought life is a resource, yeah. and and so uh, it is really a question of. What, what are we building into? You know, are we going to lay up treasures in heaven? Are we going to build into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God coming down through us? and Or are we building into the kingdom of self? And Jesus is giving stark warnings against that. Uh, and I really feel like it's just for our benefit. Yeah. Because I don't think God created us just so we could experience loss. Like he wanted to uh, give us so much. He created us in his image to experience his love and to be in relationship with him. But when we choose not to... Uh, to invest in the kingdom there's so much loss that is Absolutely. down the road for us and Jesus is like throwing up all of these warning signs that he's imploring us to pay attention to and I feel like that is one of the major themes that he's trying to do is just convey how the kingdom of God works and how we can not only participate that but also how we can avoid loss uh, when we when we find ourselves not participating in the kingdom of God and what God's principles are yeah one thing I really like about this chapter, too, that as we've broken it down and gotten more to the core of what it's about, um, which I think is interesting because it's been a good conversation for me because um, listening to you guys really kind of break it down because as we're reading it, there were so many words and it was so long that I almost couldn't focus in on really what it was about. And now that we've taken it down to kind of the core of it, um, it makes a lot more sense to me. And I really like the fact now that he addressed so many different issues in it Mm -hmm. because um, one of the things that has really stood out to me over the last six months or so that I've been beginning to comprehend is how different people are built individually. And I think that like, for example, um, my wife and I, we're very different when, when it comes to worrying about things, I don't worry a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I've just, that's not how I'm built, but she has a tendency to worry about things more than I do. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, but it's just how we're built. So I think some of these topics he touched on, they hit me at the core and then other ones don't quite do that. But other ones that didn't hit me at the core, maybe hit my wife in a different way, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think it's really good that he, even though the chapter was very long and that this this um, way he was addressing everyone was really long. I think it's really productive and really good for everybody instead of just a few people so that everybody feels like it applies to them. Mm-hmm. I love that about Jesus's teaching uh, because like you said, Brent, there's so much uh, that we can glean from it, but it can speak to us in so many different ways because Jesus is piercing you know, our heart and our heart issues may be different. Like my heart issues may be different from yours, but really, you know, is, are we going to heed what he's saying? Are we going to actually pay attention and trust that not only it's truth, but that he has our best interest in hearts. And so we can actually trust his words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's something great for everybody to contemplate. It's kind of a final question, question for this today. So, um, we'll wrap it up there. Um, Jacob, if you want to go ahead and pray us out. Yeah, absolutely. Dear heavenly father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for just your words. Um, 
that your son taught many, many years ago, but are still so relevant to us today. I pray that, that we, we do have ears and so we would hear. I pray that we would understand, um, all that you are trying to teach us about your kingdom, that we would, that we would see our lives, our possessions, our time, all of our different assets in, in different lights um, because of your kingdom and, and what it requires of us. I pray for all the listeners um, that as they go about their week, as they go about their day, whether they're at work, whether they're at home with kids, um, whatever they may be doing, that they would see your kingdom at work, that they would see your grace, um, your forgiveness at hand for those around them, that they would um, just see what your love requires of them in that moment to be able to extend those things to people. I pray that we would just focus on you that we would um, leave the worries and the anxiety of this world and its possessions behind us, and that we would just be building into your kingdom each and every day. God, we love you, and we want to serve you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. 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 Uh, that finishes up the episode, everybody. Um, thanks again for joining us. Uh, one thing I wanted to reiterate to you real quick is uh, as we do our chapter day movement, we have begun on our Facebook page and our website on the home page, posting the weekly reading guide so you guys can follow along with us. That way um, you can really plug this podcast into your weekly reading on Tuesday when we put it out. So you can really just join in the conversation with us, even though we're not all together. Um, another thing real quick too, in case you haven't seen yet, if you come to this church, to Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio, um, we have a sports and art camp is what we always call it. It's coming up this summer. Um, and when it, when is it? What are the dates again? Do you guys know? It is June 25th through the 29th and it's 6.30 to 8 each night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to register your kids for that, um, you can go to our website. And if you look at the uh, the homepage at the top right corner, there's a blue A. Just click on that icon and you can go and uh, pre-register your kids. And so that's Monday through Thursday and then there's a Friday special event. So that's still the same time. That, uh, but the sports, uh, the sports and Arts Camp or Summer Camp does go from Monday to Thursday. And then Friday is just an extension of that, but it's more of a... It's like a celebration. Yeah, celebration, thing. families. And there are going to be some attend. special guests, though. So yes. you aren't going to want to miss it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So anyway, go sign your kids up. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for joining us again and for Elevation Community Church and for Weekly Impact Podcast. I am Brent Smith. This is Daniel Yoverton. Jacob Kingsley and Audrey Heitzman. So thank you guys and have a good week.